Yo, 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 yo. Like the man said, it's apparently a damn good day to be a white dude. Specifically, Leighton, one Leighton Vander Esch. Newest, Ooh. yeah. Newest member of America's team. The team, for, the artist formerly known as America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, where, where to even begin with this? Where to even begin with this? This is Boys Will Be Boys. Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker, and we are reporting live from the Walk Stars home base. Live from Dallas, Texas, together, normally separated by three and a half hours of terrible I-35 today, in the same room. We were together last night watching the draft. We will get to our reaction. We, uh, spoiler alert, we're not happy. <laughs> we are an hour away from... The stadium, the Death Star, where the draft is taking place. I've heard many reports that it's awesome out there. Um, maybe not from a Dallas Cowboy perspective, but just in general, the NFL experience. Um, a lot of people in town, a lot of fan bases in. We ran into a large sect of Bears fans last night. Um, they talked a lot of shit. And when the Bears are able to make fun of your draft pick, you know something has gone awry. But um, we thought... The lead of our story today would be what the Cowboys did in the first round, what was going on in the NFL in general in the first round. And earlier this morning, probably five, six hours ago, we were hit with another gut punch, another bombshell. Today, as of, what do you want to call it, like 11 o'clock? 11 o'clock, Friday, April 27th. Jason Witten. AKA Mr. Dallas Cowboy, AKA the third down nightmare of the NFC East, has formally announced that he will be retiring from the team effective immediately to take on a role as an analyst for Monday Night Football. Yeah. Now, for a team that has already lost the franchise leader in touchdowns, the best quarterback of the last 10 years, and pretty much all hope and optimism over the last two seasons. This has been a, yet another in a long string of just confusing moves. I um, I can't believe you know we're here. We we heard some some rumors early on, you know, a few months ago that Witten was um, being looked at for an executive position, and I pretty much I thought those had subdued. I had no idea they were still ongoing. I thought at this point he had decided to come back. I mean, hell, what was it, a week ago, Andy? He made a joke that he wanted to play for five more years? Five more years, a week ago. And here we are, day two of the draft. This is this timing is so Dallas Cowboys. Like, I, I don't know another franchise that has this sort of, I don't even know what you would want to call it, any behavior or, or semantics that happen. Uh, Shenanigans. Yeah. The... Logistics of losing your two top receiving options in April instead of February um, would only happen to a team like the Dallas Cowboys. And why he waited till today to announce 
Um, we don't have the details yet. I haven't seen any official statement from Witten. I think technically it's been the story's broken, but it's not been 100% confirmed by Witten, although all signs point to the fact that he will be retiring. And there's a lot of questionable shit about this. You know, there is. Many people kind of pointed the finger at Witten about getting rid of Dez. So we get rid of Dez and then Witten pieces out. That doesn't seem like a great selection of two moves. Then on top of that, I mean, I'm not saying that the selection of Vander Esch made Witten leave the team. I'm saying I would understand if that's why he decided <laughs> to leave the team. It, it made me want to leave the team as a fan. Man, I I don't know. You you, you have to question what's going on in his head for timing. Um, you know, me and you when we first heard it. I don't know if this was just ongoing negotiations like ESPN. Where he's going, by the way, would be to do, uh, replace Gruden on Monday Night Football, become the color commentator on Monday Night Football. Witten's Grinders. Yeah, who, who knows what corny thing Witten will have. Um, I don't know if he's just been talking about it with guys like Tony, um, if this has been weighing on, on him for a while, um, if his body's getting up there. Like I said, there's really not been much indication other than an early rumor um, a few months ago. But – I wonder if they were just negotiating price points and he is like, well, maybe I'll leave the booth for $2 million a year and they were only giving him the one and now they've worked it out. Really, there's no, there's, there's, there's uh, nothing clear about it at this point, Andy, except for the fact that the two biggest names on the Dallas Cowboy roster arguably are gone. And it really is the end of an era. I mean, if you had told me two years ago that Tony Romo – Des Bryant, Jason Witten were all going to be gone off this team and that the Eagles would have a world championship. I mean, that's got to be the darkest timeline, the absolute darkest timeline. Um, it's not good. And now this team's desperately in need of a tight end. Um, the depth chart for at tight end, I guess, looks like Hannah, Swaim. Hannah retired. Okay, so Swaim, Rico Gathers. I think that's it. And that's it. Okay. Awesome. That's what you want. That's what you want. So before anyone asks, are they, are they going to go tight end? We really have no idea. We don't know what his team knew. There's speculation that Jerry and company were aware. I don't know how much of that I buy. Um, you know, I don't know if they were totally blindsided by this either, but this is – it's a very bizarre situation, but um, I just want to get our, our general um, reaction as far as it's a, it's a sad day for Dallas, and I will say Jason Witten, um, much like we did our Des pod, you know, to me, Jason Witten always repped the star in a very dignified and respectful manner. Um, multiple Walter Payton Man of the Year award, you know, this great community outreach. I mean, maybe – the most stand-up guy in the Dallas Cowboys locker room as a human being. And he's been a bona fide star in this league for the better half of the last 15 years of his career. Witten is as close to a model citizen as there exists in the NFL. Um, Jason Witten is on and off the field pretty much any coach's dream. He's a leader in the locker room. He is – very much in the old school vein of tough guy plays. I mean, I think that um, 
you know, here at the end of his career, the one play that I think has come to define him was that moment against the Eagles when his helmet came off. And oh, instead yeah. of going down, he ran another 40 yards downfield. Um, and I think that that just absolutely defines him as a player. Just, I mean, the guy missed one game in 15 years. And I can't remember what had happened that he missed the one game. Like, I think it was like cracked ribs or something real heinous, man. Like it was, yeah, it was in his spleen. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was not was like, something. this was not a, he didn't have turf. I mean, the guy played on two sprained ankles and a busted spleen once. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason, I think it might've even been a concussion. I forget what it was, but he's pretty much um, been an iron man at a position where very few people are. And not only is an Ironman in games played, he plays about ninety-five percent of the snaps on the Dallas Cowboys and, offense, and in all aspects, right? So, like in a in a, he was really existed in a time where the the tight end position was changing. Um, tight end, when my grandpa played it, was a blocking position. It was a kind of a more athletic lineman that could get downfield and hit a linebacker. Um, today, tight ends have become an athletic mismatch where you want a very big, very athletic guy that can catch to present a matchup nightmare against a defense in the passing game. And Jason Witten really was kind of a hybrid between those two. Jason Witten was an excellent downfield blocker. He was he excelled at the blocking game. And then from a from a pass catching standpoint, I mean, I'll include a couple of these seasons where he got really close to a thousand yards. So he had one, two, three, four, five, one thousand yard seasons, and then a nine forty two, a nine fifty two, and a nine eighty. So you're talking about seven years where he pretty much sniffs a thousand yards, um, sixty eight touchdowns, which second, you know, third all time in Dallas Cowboys history. I think it's what fifth in the league for tight ends or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know that one off the top, um, but just going his career stats, as Andy said, the 68 touchdowns. Um, 1,100 receptions. 1,100 receptions, which is number four all time. Um, I mean, that's pretty pretty incredible. He also has uh, the most catches in Dallas Cowboys receiving history as well. Um, which is an incredible 1,152, as we said, and 12,448 yards. I mean, this guy is pretty much an all-timer in any category you look at for a career, and it'll be hard to see him go. It really will be. Um, you know, it's it's also a position the Cowboys have tried to draft a, a backup for many times. Um you know, Martellus Bennett comes to mind, Hannah, Swaim, um, recently the project that is Rico Gathers. Um, none of those have really panned out yet. Rico is still kind of saying, a – I mean, even Martellus really Bennett, but he never clicked in Dallas. Um, and didn't really get along with Anthony Fasano, who, yeah, he couldn't really click. I mean, they just never could figure out two tight end sets yeah. with 82 There was another the one in there somewhere. Phillips? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was late. Oh, I'm just saying I had another title oh, yeah, that Cowboys yeah, drafted. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, they've tried it a lot. You know, you don't you don't normally get anyone of Witten's caliber, but it'll be – it's a sad day, man. I mean, we've now – Yeah. With I mean, his retirement, is now concluded the end of – The 2000s really boys, yeah. Our era of football, you know. We were talking about this today. He's 
He's played 15 seasons. You'd have to go back to, I guess, what, 2003? That was his first season, so 2002. 2002, the last time the Dallas Cowboys played and Jason Witten wasn't there, Um, which for me is – or us. I mean, we're 12. I was 13 years old. I – only really know the Dallas Cowboys with Jason Witten yeah, on my, the field. My team, my version of the Cowboys, has Jason Witten on it as like a, a mainstay. And Man. this guy's probably the second best tight end of all time behind Tony G. You yeah. Know, the numbers tell us that. Longevity tells us that. Um, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. He will be, if his name's not already in the ring of honor, I'm sure. Certainly will be. Being worked on. So um, that's that's really – that's really tough. Um, and for me, Andy, what, what really hurts is this is, um, as we, you know, to allude to this point we're making, the 2000s era Cowboys that we know are they're done. You know? Yeah. In the course of a year, as you said, we've now lost Romo, Witten, and Dez, um, three of my all-time favorites. And it just sucks that we really have so little to show for it. You know, a couple records – um, a couple early postseason exits, unfortunately, and you, you know Jason Witten would have traded all the records for a ring. You know he would have done that. Easily. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe maybe Witten looks at his roster and he thinks, "How close are we really?" I mean, that's that's, that's, that's been the speculation. That's, that's been a lot of the speculation in the media today. Is is this an indictment of the team? Is this if he, if he thinks they're close? Do you think he holds out another year? And I. I think that's worth looking into, at least on a certain angle. I mean, if he really thinks that they're like, you know, some bad calls and bad luck last year away, but I think he looks at a receiver core that has next to nothing, a defense that still has holes. Well, it's interesting, too, going back, because we thought maybe he was one of the guys that maybe had grown tired of Des Bryant's shtick, but maybe he – was not a fan of that exodus. You know, all we can do is speculate at this point, but I'm just shocked that we're here today. Like, And it could be totally related. It could be the other direction. It could be that ESPN came to him with a number big enough to make him want to hang it up. And yeah. that's, that's totally understandable. I mean, Romo's his best friend. His best Romo's friend. probably telling him, hey, man, this is a cushy, cushy gig. Yeah, like <laughs> you're not getting hit. You're not getting I'm, – I'm he- I'm, I can walk totally correctly for the first time in 10 years. But they're feeling – Gruden just left the Monday night football role. So if they replace that this year with whoever it could be and Witten plays this year, when does another opportunity like that come along? It could totally just be the perfect job at the perfect time for him. And he's, what, 36? Yeah, because if someone takes that job, they're not going to give it up next year. That's, no. that's something you do for either. I mean, he may find an analyst job somewhere, but Gruden would have done that till he was dead if the Oakland Raiders hadn't come to him, offered him – a chance to do what he loves for $400 million. Yeah. So, which good luck with that Raiders fan. I guess just in conclusion, um, you know, Jason Witten's one of the best to ever do it. And Cowboys fans were, we were very much honored and blessed to get to watch him do his thing. Spoiled to, to have a person, not only a player like that, but a man like that to represent our team. And even in like the, the darkest days of this franchise where we had, you know, early round exits, bad turnovers at the end of games. And even in when you'd see like the most hardcore Cowboys haters, even online and stuff, Jason Witten was universally respected. 
and yeah, absolutely by all fan bases and feared. I mean, this this guy was a nightmare. The guy you game playing for, yeah, and I mean, and he respected. Like, you just, there's we, he, we talk about Dez. People were polar on Dez. We there's saw people who hate Dez. There's people who think Dez is trash. There isn't a person out there who doesn't respect Jason Witten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten's game and Jason Witten as a person. And we saw Jason Witten. I mean, I, I go back to opening night 2015 where Romo in, drives down the field at the very end of the game, hits Witten to hit the game winner. Then Dak against the Eagles his rookie year. We're going back and forth the whole game. And at the very on the very last drive, Dak drives us down, hits a wide open Witten for the win. I mean, the guy just had a knack. The, I think the thing you saw about him a lot was they'd be like, "He's not fast, he's not huge, he's not an athletic freak, but somehow he's always he's open." Always open. Um, and that's something the Cowboys are going to miss, especially I mean, as they try to develop Dak Prescott. There was a play in the playbook. There's no doubt in my mind that was just called third and Witten, and. Witten would pretty much just line up and run an option route five, six, seven, eight, nine yards right at the sticks. And then just feel his way through the zone and find the soft spot and catch the ball. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that they had that in. And um, so that we don't really have depth behind him. I mean, besides that, it's a sad day. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that 82 and 88 are both going to find their way into the ring of honor. Yeah. Well, and what did I think what is very telling about, you know, DeMarco Murray left the Cowboys on, on not the best note, right? He went to a division rival. There's a lot of fan ire against him. Mm-hmm. And when his replacement effectively was drafted, Zeke Elliott, the advice that DeMarco Murray gave him was find 82 and do everything he does because he will show you how to be a professional in this league. And I don't know if there's higher praise than that for for the job that they do because, you know, like – as good as like a guy like Aaron Rodgers is, no one is telling a rookie quarterback just go follow Aaron Rodgers and do everything he does. Like that's not. But Jason Witten was a paragon of professionalism and dignity, and that's yeah, absolutely something that goes beyond football. Uh, one last note, and we'll uh, we'll jump off of of, of the Witten news. Um, along those same lines, I remember reading a story last year, and we maybe even talked about it on the pod that C.J. Anderson. Uh, after the Broncos killed us last year, he was a Broncos running back, went out of his way to run down into the tunnel, find Jason Witten, and shake his hand because the first time he played against Jason Witten and just told him what an inspiration he was as a professional. Um, you don't get that unless you have massive amount of respect in this league. And I think, you know, Jason Witten, more than anybody on this team, probably the last decade carried that. Agreed. So, Thanks, Eddie, too. So farewell, Witten. Uh, you know, best of luck. I'm glad we get to hear you in the booth like Tony. I can wish we, we, can we get a Tony Witten booth team at Reunion, some point? Yeah. That's reunite <laughs> the fucking squad, please. Um, so yeah. going on, from, transitioning from what we're losing to what we're, I guess you could call it gaining. Let's go to draft recap. Go. Where do you want to start? I'll, I'll give him. I want to I want to tell you the story of last night. <laughs> So we're sitting there, we're watching this shit come in, and we, me and Ben were very honest about the fact that we wanted Derwin James. And Roquan. And Roquan Smith. And we knew that there was, there was a pretty good shot these guys were going to be gone well before we got to pick them. They were both highly touted blue chip recruits. And so pick seven comes around. It's Tampa Bay. 
we're like, okay, like this is probably where Derwin James goes, and they trade the pick. So we're like, oh, couple more picks go by, couple more picks go by. Before you know it, we're getting to like 14. He's still 15, on the board. Still on the board. Edmonds still on the board. So we get to 16. Tremaine Edwins is still on the board. Derwin James still on the board. He might have just gone at 16. Yeah, we get yeah. two picks 16. So that's oh, where he gets sorry, picked. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So at this point, a trade comes in for the 17th the spot. Yeah. They pay the 20, like sixth overall pick and a third round draft pick. Now, what that tells me is that the Cowboys could have had that spot for the 19th overall pick and probably a fourth, maybe a third if they'd have to. Move up three, four spots. Yeah. You think maybe you give up a fourth at this point. For that price, they can get what I consider to be the best safety in the draft, a guy who's compared over and over again in his scouting reports to Eric Berry. But no, they pass on this guy. sit on their hands. He gets all the way to 17. At 17 is the Chargers. You look at the best available player chart, and Derwin James, the number six overall prospect on most big boards, is sitting there, and they take him. Two picks later, having done nothing, the Dallas Cowboys select Leighton Vander Esch. In fact, uh, we do take Leighton Vander Esch, and uh, we do have audio of our reaction goat. So go ahead and uh, you know you can kind of frame it while I while I pull this up. So I'm not gonna lie. After we watched us not take Derwin, we had lost out on Tremaine. We had lost out on Roquan. I was a little I was a little down. I was feeling just a wee bit depressed. And so what we did was while we were sitting there watching, we live recorded our reaction to the pick. So, so we're gonna play you just a, a a wee bit of that real quick. Yeah. So this audio, sorry, I haven't had a chance to. To chop it. It's uh, it's seven minutes. I won't go through all of it. I'll just get the very beginning right after Derwin is gone. So now we just the Cowboys have just hit the clock, and you'll see this is about five minutes after Derwin selected, and you'll see the mood Andy's in. James and decided to just hang back and fuck around and now we're going to get probably some white linebacker fucking Boise State because our franchise is atrocious and we deserve to be kicked out of the NFL and go play in the CFL thank you alright who are we taking Mike tell me about it <laughs> so I just want to pause there for a second but uh, to say Andy was uh, upset might be an understatement there <laughs> I wasn't happy uh, I felt like we had a real shot at a game-changing, team-changing, culture-changing player in Derwin James, and we passed it up for no reason. And um, you, you heard of you who he alluded to, that white linebacker from Boise State. I knew it. As soon as, we, as, soon as it happened. As soon as it happened. Uh, so let me fast forward to about the time. This town. Well, I got rid of a best wide receiver that so we're still waiting at this point you see a bunch of like 
kids come up and Arlington High School football, some Jerry presentation. Good God. You hear the bar getting a little rowdy at this point. Yeah. This, which, by the way, the six high school football players are eight. It's very weird in general. So there was your pod's live reaction to the pick at 19. And here's what's really upsetting. There's a couple aspects to this. One, Leighton Vander Esch was a third-round prospect at best based on his play. The combine got him hyped. It's a red flag. Red flag number two. This kid has started 14 total games of 11-man football in his life. Played eight-man in high school. Didn't start till senior year of college. Red flag number two. Here's what's really upsetting. It came out this morning that the word around Frisco and the star is that even if Derwin James, all everything safety, drops all the way to 19, the Cowboys still would have taken Leighton Vander Esch. I don't know how much of that I believe. I believe that's like doing some backtracking to be like, you oh, hope we, so. We got the guy we wanted. You hope so. Um, I will say red flag three, though, before we go more into this pick is that apparently five teams had this kid removed from their um, big boards due to a medical concern. I think he broke his neck at one point in high school. And anyway, I mean, obviously he's played since, but. If that isn't concerning to you, then I'm not sure what else is. Uh, now, the positive side, so we don't spin this all, because there are people who love this pick. If you go out and Google it, a lot of people think, one, we filled a position of need with Anthony Hitchens leaving GOAT. We certainly needed a linebacker. Um, Jalen, we're still not entirely sure what we're going to get there. Um and the only other guy I know is Damian Williams, who may or may not get suspended for pulling a gun on somebody a year ago. Just brandishing. Sorry, sorry, pointing a gun in the air. Did not point it at the person. Just letting them know, like, hey, <laughs> I have this. I am strapped. I am strapped. Um, so he fills a position of need. He's a big kid. He's like 6'4", three quarters. Um, 
supposedly a very good open field tackler, rangy, a good coverage guy. And if you saw his interview, he was very hyped to be a cowboy. I'm sure he'd be hyped. To and be actually, anywhere. it's it's interesting. He's actually here right now. So Leighton, do you wanna do you wanna come say hi real quick? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we have Leighton Vanderesh on the pod. Uh, hey guys. Uh, it's just so great to be here. I'm just so excited to be a member of the Dallas Cowboys and. Let's uh, let's go win some Super Bowls. <laughs> you guys ever listen to Luke Bryan or Florida Georgia Line? Some real bangers, man. I'm going to bring this, my CD player into the locker room. It's going to really get the guys hyped. I'm so glad they got rid of that guy, Dez. <laughs> what did he like about Dez? Well, uh, I, first of all, I think that we got a real problem in this country with thug culture. <laughs> and two, like... I like being part of just a good team, and that guy just wasn't a good team player, you know? Like, you got to, like – got we need, like, polite, quiet, well-mannered football players if we're going to win games. That's who wins Super Bowls. What did you think of the retirement of Jason Witten? That one makes me sad, obviously. Uh, I, I think he said on the way out the door that if uh, if that kid's the kind of kid we're drafting, then I don't want to be part of this. But I, I can't imagine he was talking about me. I mean, no, LVE. No, of course not. Of course not, LVE. Um, El- everyone keeps calling me Young BPA. Do you know what that stands for? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a best player available. Damn, the best player? Uh, available at that at that time at pick 19. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's a compliment, I, I think. Um, well, hot, gosh so darn. How do you think you'll be able to transition into the NFL? Well, uh... Considering the Cowboys usually play with two linebackers and I won't have to play except on run sets, it should be pretty sweet. I mean, part of me kind of questions the idea of signing a guy for depth at the 19th pick of the first round, but hey, what do I know? Will McClay and Scott Linehan are offensive geniuses. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 supposedly real smart coaches. And, uh, we're glad to have you here, you know, late. And I, I, I well, thanks, think- man. I got to get back to Bible study, but I'll, I'll see you later, brother. All right, I'll – We'll 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 have you on the pod later, late. Thanks Go Cowboys! <laughs> God, that guy gives me the creeps, dude. And uh, that was a Leighton Vander gear, nineteen pick. I that guy gives me the fucking creeps. Dude. I didn't even give him our address. So I, how did he get here? The fact that he was he got in- drafted yesterday. Shouldn't he be busy? Uh, yeah. I I don't know, man. I mean, he's making the interview rounds. You know, we're a hot spot, but <sighs> I mean. Couldn't get dead. So we got Vander Esch, dude. We're working on it. We're doing bad. Bad. The pod's we're doing badly, dude. We're getting a new PR intern. Okay, all right, fine. Yeah, we're working on it. Is, the, is it the logo? Do you oh, think the logo's shitty? I think we're still running. Ah, fuck. Oh, um, yeah, guys. So um, we're, we'll have more guests on throughout this season. But, uh, you know, thanks for sticking us with it, uh, sticking with us through that. And uh, we hope LVE, a.k.a. Young BPA, Young Best Player Available, will uh, – ball out this season so here the cowboys stand it's the day of the second and third round picks yes and i got a lot they got a lot of holes to fill i've heard three theories um theory number one is that they are working to trade pick 50 here in the second round for earl thomas i like that i would love that i don't know how feasible that is i'm hearing it's a long shot would probably have to throw in Another pick. I would be happy to throw in the second and fourth for Earl Thomas. That would probably be my offer. I don't know if I'd go second and third. Um, we'll see if it gets done. That's one theory. Um, I think me and you would both be fans, especially missing out on Derwin. It would be good to get 
you know, a safety on this team that's his caliber. Number two, I've heard wide receiver. Obviously, people are screaming wide receiver need. And with the departure of Witten, it makes even more sense. The departure of Dez, of course. Um, there are still quite a few receivers available, too. Um, went off yesterday after Dallas picked, by the way, including Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore. They were the top two I think we talked about on our pod preview of the draft. Um, the two I would love um, – Anthony Miller, and he shot up boards. He's supposed to originally go third, fourth round. He's this kid from Memphis. Um, you watch him, he stands out on tape. I know a small-town guy. I would love that. And, of course, James Washington, who he gushed over. Um, I would have even been okay with that 19 goat. Given um, what we know now, it certainly would have been okay with me. So, receiver's probably a likely spot. And then the third that I'm hearing is there's – I think three offensive guards that they're confident will start or could start from this team on day one. Um, if one of those three guards drops, I would not be shocked to see us take them at 50. Fourth theory, the Cowboys hate me. So there's a chance they're going to take Christian Kirk because he's both a bum and an Aggie. Well, the two are synonyms, but yes, he is an Aggie. So, Outside of Mike Evans, they haven't had a single cool one. Because Von Miller's okay. He's, he's fine. He's fine. But, uh, you know what a big Christine Michael did? No, man. His spark score is insane. God, his spark score is off the charts. Um, so yeah. other than that, let's, let's talk a little bit about the draft in general. There's some other interesting picks that went down. So, um, yeah, let's start off at the, the tippy top there. So first pick, the Cleveland Browns, who can do no rights have likely gone in that scenario. They shocked the world by taking Baker Mayfield. Texas Tech legend, Baker Mayfield. Let me just say, I was all in on young swag god Baker Mayfield. Swag god Mayfield is, I mean, the kid's got a chip to him, and I like that. I like a guy with some edge. I like guys with spikes, and you get that with Baker. The Browns are 1-31 in their last 32 games, so it won't really take much for him to improve them on the positive end. And uh, To give you an idea for scale, Dak Prescott achieved as many wins as the Browns have had since 2015 in week one of last year. So 17 games into his career, Dak Prescott had as many wins, 14, as the Browns have had in the last three seasons combined as a franchise. They're pretty trash, man. I um, Anyway, that was a, a complete shock and kind of put ripples through everyone's board. Um, two, the Giants, the G-men of the North. They go with um, Saquon Barkley. They take Saquon. Now, you heard Andy's stance. Um I think that does make them better. I still stand by the point that you pay way too much at two for a running back. He's the by taking him at two, Saquon Barkley is right now the fourth highest paid running back in the National Football League. Yeah. And that's gotta be the earliest that running back's gone in a long time since like Jim Brown. I don't even know if that's right, but he's gone before now. Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, even if he's Melvin Gordon, I just think it's a lot of real estate when you have a lot of problems. The Giants. It's I, tough for a running back to be good when he the Giants, the line. The Giants have a 37-year-old QB who's shown regression over the last few years. And 
everyone knows my stake on Eli. I think he's garbage. But even people who think the world of Eli, he's still 37. No offensive line. You're not going to get a position to, in my mind, Andy, draft this highly again. And the Browns a may have just done you a favor taking Baker Mayfield at one. So I don't know. I think that's a I think it's a bad decision by the Giants. I think they should have gone Darnold. They, they seem to be in a weird win now mentality. In the last two years, their first round picks have been a tight end, a receiving exclusively, exclusively yeah. receiving tight end, and a running back. Yeah. On a team that has, like you said, a quarterback who's closer to 40 than 30, and an offensive line that could be generously described as inadequate. Yeah, I I I know a lot of people had that mock down. A lot of people are in love with Saquon. You're certainly not one of them. I'm I think he's good. I just like I said, I just don't think you needed to burn the second pick on him. Um either way, uh I, I do think that improves their team because their current running backs are trash. I think they have like Paul Perkins and I don't even know who the hell yeah. else is there. I mean it's been a rotating door for them for since Ahmad Bradshaw left. Um, so they will get better in, in that aspect. We'll see how much of a difference maker he can be. The Broncos got a lot scarier fifth overall pick. They got Bradley Chubb. Um, some people projected him to go a little higher. Uh, he ended up going to the Broncos. I love this guy's game. They get to line Bradley Chubb up across from Vaughn Miller. That defense is terrifying. That's not a bad team, man. The Broncos, you know, I know they just got rid of a keep to leave, but they still have Chris Harris back there. Um, Shane Ray, who they took, you know, they, they signed Case Keenum this offseason, who we'll see if he can repeat the success he had last year. But a uh, hell of a pick for the Broncos. They got to be feeling good today. They're following that same formula that won them a Super Bowl. You know, dominant pass rush, dominant stifling defense, quarterback good enough to get it done. Yep. The next funny pick, uh, the Bills trade up to pick seven. And they get the this year's Mr. Measurables, Josh Allen. Now, we've talked at length about Josh Allen, but it's worth rehashing here. This dude is going to be playing in the cold, in the rain, and he's already maybe the most inaccurate quarterback projected to go in the top three rounds by the numbers. He's got big hands, though, which you need in the cold. Big hands, hands. Big body. Cannon for an arm. I mean, he could throw a football through a car wash and it wouldn't get it wouldn't get wet. You know, what I like to say is he can throw a strawberry through a battleship. Hell Both yeah. of those are real things we heard professional, highly paid millionaire analysts say about Josh Allen yesterday. Yeah, that's where we've reached. That's that's the point where we have attained. So Buffalo, you're looking at five years of mediocrity. If if Maybe that. even worse. Um, Arizona got Josh Rosen. The Dolphins went out and got Mika yeah, Fitzpatrick. I say Rosen falls to 10, which a lot of people didn't expect. He said nine mistakes were made in front of him. We'll see if he has to eat those words. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Brent. Good luck with your new franchise. QB. And you know on that one, like I get what he was going for. I mean, some of those teams didn't need quarterbacks, so that's kind of weird. And some of these players are, are not quarterbacks and are really good. Like I don't think th- there's an issue with like – like, Saquon. like Tampa Bay isn't gonna go get Josh Rosen when they've got no, you know. So it's like it's one of the and Roquan Smith going to Chicago, who just spent a top pick on Mitch Trubisky last year. Like I don't think that's a mistake, but so it's one of those things. Oh, another star who I never thought would last that long, Minka Fitzpatrick, fell to eleven. 
Vita Via, who we mentioned, a big D tackle, goes to Tampa after they traded down. Got to piss the Redskins off because they probably would have gone in, so they settled for Deron Payne from Alabama. Still a decent player for sure. Uh, New Orleans makes the most head-scratching move even over us of the entire draft to me. Yeah, we really, you really thought they were trading up to get a quarterback at this one. Yes, yeah, New Orleans is pick. way down there. They trade up from, I think, 29, maybe 28, to uh, pick – what was it? 14 to take, give up a first round draft pick next year and this year. Yeah. They give up their, so they give up their first round this year. They give their future first. And if you're giving up a future first, that almost always screams quarterback to me. Um, they take a D end. Um, it's Marcus Davenport. He's a small school. He's from UTSA. I mean, he was, he was projected. I saw in the first round, but, I thought that was very bizarre of Sean Payton. A lot of people thought they were going to get Lamar Jackson there. Um, interesting move. I think that was a bad move by the Saints. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, DNs are at a premium, but this kid had eight and a half sacks in Conference USA. <sighs> like I said, that was a head scratcher to me. Um, this one, Andy starts getting hyped because our boy's still on the board at 15. Oakland trades up in Gruden. This is what $100 million gets you. Trades for an offensive tackle. From UCLA. Who Cold Miller. Everyone's had as a first-round grade, but I still think a little bit of a reach. Um, then <laughs> Buffalo trades back up, like we said, and they get Tremaine Edmonds, who I also would have loved at linebacker. He's the first linebacker Both the of board. these spots could have been Second had for third-round picks, effectively. Whatever yeah. your current first round was, and then a third. That's a third, player. yeah. Um, and that that's very annoying. And then we get to so Tremaine Edwards from Virginia Tech, very good linebacker, goes to the Bills, and then we're at seventeen. And the Los Angeles Chargers can hardly believe that it's happened. But Derwin James, arguably the best safety in the entire draft, goes to them um, at seventeen. Uh, Green Bay then trades up to 18 to get Jari Alexander from uh, Louisville. And then that leaves the Cowboys at 19 to get Vander Esch. Um, there was only a couple players. There's only a couple picks in this draft that I thought were worse than ours. I was going to say, yeah. Josh I, Allen is definitely one that I just don't think would be worth taking, period. I still think Saints just gave up too much. Too much. The price tag was too high on that. Um, a real head-scratcher here, Seattle at 27. Um, decided they needed a running back, took Rashad Penny from San Diego State. I'm a little concerned about this for our Earl Thomas trade because I think he could have been had at pick 50. Um, a lot of people thought that. So I don't know. I was kind of hoping – I think that might dampen that a little bit. That was a weird one. Um, after us, uh, I thought a great pick – you know, we we're talking wide receivers in case there's a lot of people at the bar last night that were chanting Calvin Ridley, which I think I would have been okay with, but I also just didn't love. Um, you know, my position on, on Ridley Goat. I think he's a little old. But anyway, he goes uh, 26 to Atlanta, which is a hell of a landing spot. Yeah. So he gets to play next to his boy, Julio Jones, also from Alabama, um, just down the road, of course, from Tuscaloosa. So. I think that was a, a hell of a pick for Atlanta. And uh, that's really it. You know, at the very end of the, uh, the only other highlight, Lamar Jackson did get picked in the first round. The 
the Ravens trade back in and pick 32, take him, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, I'll also say the highlight. Yeah, and I'll say of note here, New England took Sonny Mitchell at 31. Um, two things. One, I'll say I think that Sonny Mitchell is the second best running back on Georgia. I think Nick Chubb Agreed. is better. I want us to take Nick Chubb in the third. And two, Sonny Mitchell's got some pretty serious medical issues. Um, the last report I saw said that he's bone on bone in his leg. Uh, no cartilage left. Um, that's going to put a severe – he's running on a clock. Now, maybe the Patriots are like, yeah, we know. Maybe the Patriots are like, we need a running back for the next two and a half years. Yeah, I didn't think a lot of people thought they might go QB at one of those two picks. I thought there's no way in hell they were going to take Lamar Jackson. I just don't – not that I dislike Lamar. I just don't see him going to New England. Um, I just didn't think that was a very New England move. Um so that's it. I mean, that was the first round. Uh, you know, me and Goat aren't in love with LVE, a.k.a. Young BPA, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. He is a position of need. There's people who are football minds that love that pick a lot more than we do. But if we are wrong, we'll be very happy that we're wrong. But we are the pulse of the fan, and the fans thought that pick sucked ass. And I swear to God, if Derwin James is rookie of the year – and gets 10 Pro Bowls over the next decade, and Leighton Vander Esch is Bobby Carpenter 2.0, or really Bobby Carpenter like 1.8, I'm going to be really upset. You heard it here first. Yeah, so I guess let's end this pod with, um, you know, we kind of gave you some scenarios for round two, Andy. Um, dream picks here on Friday, or really just the rest of the round, if you want to elaborate into that. We probably won't do another pod until after the draft. We'll probably reconvene next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, to do a full recap. But uh, go ahead and give us some of your wish list players at this point. Yeah, I mean, we covered a couple of them. I would love to get um, Anthony Miller. I really do think he has potential to be really special. I would love James Washington. Um, we've already kind of addressed linebacker. I was honestly kind of hoping to get Malik Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. I think he can be a great NFL player in the in the same vein as many a Texas player that underperforms because they're not coached well at the University of Texas. I think he's got all the tools to be an incredible pro linebacker. Um, but I don't think we're going to go linebacker and back-to-back picks, and he'll be gone by the third round. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with those two wide receivers. I think we got to look at a tight end at some point, as much as I'm a big Rico guy and have been. Um, so, I mean, you got to start looking at, like, the Dallas Goddards of the world. I don't really know anything about him. But- All I know is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma is a big name that I've seen in the second, third rounds of mocks. I wouldn't be shocked to see him land up in Dallas. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. You know, wide receiver, I want to see addressed. Um, there's a couple different names. Of course, you mentioned my two are also James Washington and Ant Miller. Um, if we can't get one of them, you know, Kiki Kuti, but for real. Um, Down with Kiki. Um, and that's really about it. You know, we'll see. If, I don't I don't know if, if there's a tight end they want to take late, fine. I don't want to spend high real estate, honestly, on a rookie tight end unless they already love the guy. It will just look like a panic move to me. Agreed. So uh, we will, like I said, we will come back, and uh, whatever happens, we will be here to talk about it next week. Um, maybe time will heal the news of Jason Witten and Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, so we'll be back. We'll try to do one uh, next week, do a post-draft, break down all the players as we get ready to roll into uh, the, the sweltering heat of the summer months and into training camp. We'll be back with a, a rundown and analysis of all the Cowboys picks 
and uh, how this team couldn't possibly perform now that it has been gutted of its heart, soul, and capability. So, uh, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are always so happy to have people that are willing to take the time out of their day to listen to our podcast. Um, if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please feel free to leave them on the SoundCloud or hit us up on the Twitter at BWBB with underscores between all the letters on Twitter. Uh, and as always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Take it easy. Peace.